Hey guys, so before this episode starts, I wanted to announce that we are doing another masterclass. I love this because we have gotten such a great response from you guys about Jan Marini's class, and this was our first one, and we wanted to take it on a trial run, but now we are going to be hosting another amazing, amazing scientist and innovator in the space, Dr. Brown of Revive Skincare. So definitely stay tuned for that masterclass. It's going to be a three-part class with the first episode going live towards the end of this month into July. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be right around the time for 4th of July. So it's a great listen while you're just sitting around lounging with the family um, or anyone else you know that loves skincare. Now, another thing I wanted to say was our top picks for 2022 are going to be released um coming up in the next few months i know that this is something that you guys loved last year we kind of did it off the whim last year but this year it's going to be a lot more organized and we have a really cool surprise attached to it for you so definitely keep your eyes open for that i can't wait to share this with you it's a whole new type of feature that we're going to be doing that we've never done before so um definitely stay tuned there's a lot of really cool things coming up for skincare anarchy and last but not least i just want to announce that we have hit 42,000 downloads a week. I am so excited that you guys are tuning in, you're sharing our show, and that you're giving us such great feedback. Thank you so much. And we live for this over here at Skincare Anarchy. So if you guys have any feedback, any comments, any questions, if there's suggestions for brands you want to hear about, definitely, you know, chime in. Send us information that you need us to focus on, and we will definitely deliver on that. Now, I'm not going to rant anymore. I'm going to let you tune into this episode. It's a really cool one with another editorial superstar. So have fun and let me know what you guys think about all the things I just announced. Thanks, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. Today is amazing episode because you all know how much I love doing um, editorial interviews and I have such a rock star with me today. I'm a huge fan like I'm sure a lot of you are of the Zoe Report and I just so happen to have their executive editor with me Angela Malera. Welcome to the show Angela. I'm so honored to host you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Oh, it's such a it's such a delight that you even said yes. I really love editorial interviews because um, uh, for everyone listening, Angela and I were speaking a little bit before the recording and I just, you know, I grew up looking up to editors and following the advice. And if it weren't for amazing editors growing up, I don't think I would have ever figured out even what mascara is. So um, I'm super excited. And I would love to start, Angela, by you telling us about how you got into editorial and journalism and just take us on that you know, just, I guess, the walk down memory lane, if you could. Sure. Um, I think I'm sure a lot of people say this, but I I know my path was different just in the sense that I was raised, born and raised in LA and my path was very much in LA. So um, I think my career path just was a little bit uh, less conventional than others. I didn't work at Clonday. I didn't have internships at Vogue or anything like that. Um, so, but I always knew just going back as a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I always loved to read. I loved, I loved, you know, writing and I loved just, you know, the written word. And, um, so I always knew that that was what the path was for me. Um, and so when I hit college, I went to Cal State Northridge, 
out here in the Valley. I'm a Valley girl. And um, I just, I, I majored in journalism with an emphasis on magazine, which was a thing back then, like many, many moons ago. And um, uh, I, I just, from there, uh, I had an internship my senior year of college at this small, tiny a little business newspaper in the Valley. And um, they ended up hiring me uh, right out the jump, like right after graduation. So that ended up being my first job. Um, and I think I always followed fashion and beauty um, from an aspirational standpoint, like so many. Um, and while I always wanted to be like a magazine editor and a top beauty and fashion editor I felt like that wasn't I wasn't cool enough <laughs> like it wasn't the path for me it just felt very out of reach especially since I was in LA and I felt like you had to live and be based in New York to do that um so when I started my career I think the goal and um ooh, so sorry okay. I think the goal and the initial uh idea was to be a reporter and work on on hard news and and see where I could go from there. Um, and so from this little business newspaper, I started kind of researching the local beauty and fashion um, businesses and industries in the valley and started reporting on them and pitching stories. And um, I got really interested and got I, I got in deep <laughs> and I just uh, I really enjoyed it. And my boss was wonderful and kind of let me run with it. And that kind of became my beat. I became just this little local beauty and fashion reporter in the area. And um, from there, I networked and got um, my next job, which was with a skincare trade publication. And um, I loved that job because uh, it was a magazine. So I was working it was my first big editing job where I was editing, you know, these big skincare features and, you know, learning about the science of beauty and um, as well as the business of beauty. And I was, I got to interview these big, you know, uh, CEOs of like, you know, Orly and OPI and uh, these incredible, uh, you know, industry leaders. So uh, that was an incredible job, but I, I kind of knew the writing on the wall and that it was, I really wanted to get into digital, into the digital space. And I knew that that's where um, I needed to be and where I needed to sort of pivot. Um, and so, uh, yeah, sorry, did I interrupt you? No, 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 I was okay. just talking. <laughs> <laughs> let me know if I need to slow down, I'm a talker. Um, and I, from there, I got a job with uh, L'Oreal's makeup.com, which is now run actually by Pop Sugar. But um, it, it, they, they hired me like this, it was had to be almost 10 years ago um, to be, you know, just an editor. And it was a small and scrappy team. And um, I loved that job too, because we got to wear so many hats. That was the first time I got to like plan and produce like photo shoots. And um, I was, you know, overseeing a small like group of freelancers and um, they trusted me with a lot. And I really um, learned a lot there about also just sort of like more like of the marketing side of things. Um, and I got to get, you know, work with L'Oreal, the team at L'Oreal, which was so fun. And they were uh, a great company to work with. Uh, and then I think after that, I, I, I sort of took a minute and, and went freelance technically, but I, I had a gig with uh, Refinery29 for the Branded Experiences team. And I was an editor there for over a year. Um, and I, and then from there, the, the job at Zoe sort of at the Zoe report fell on my lap. I literally like applied 
quickly on link through LinkedIn of, of all places. I just sort of sent my um, my application rapid fire. Um, full disclosure, no cover letter, nothing. I just wanted, I just was like, speed is the name of the game here. I just want to be one of the first like on their radar. And um, I sent them uh, my, my resume and I got a call and everything sort of happened very quickly in the span of like about two to three weeks. And that was five years ago. I just, you know, celebrated my anniversary uh, this wow. month. So it's been five years. <laughs> Amazing. That and I love that you kind of went solo in the beginning. That's so yeah. cool to me. Oh my gosh. And see, I feel like, see, this is exactly why I love editorial and editorial guests um, like you, because you guys are just, for me, like I, I look at your careers and I'm just like, wow, you know, like the amount of hustle and the amount of like, just like what you did, like the go-getting nature, you know what I mean? Like that is so important these days. I think honestly, Angela, the other day I was looking at, like um, I was on LinkedIn and I saw um, somebody, you know, it's funny you mentioned L'Oreal because this was an executive at L'Oreal. She had posted this and it was about being unapologetically ambitious. And I was like, oh my gosh, obsessed, you know? And I feel like as women, especially, you know, it's so important for us to kind of be like that. And I think the editorial world has always been, for me at least, um, being on the outside and looking in, it's always been this like hallmark of this this idea of just, you know, women such as yourself that are just, you guys are just go-getters. You, you know, you hustle, you, you work hard and you're amazing at journalism. And I just, I love it. You know, I love it. So that's amazing, by the way, your career. <laughs> it's it's, it's awesome. You. Thank yeah. you. I, yeah, I think we have to remind ourselves that, you know, like everyone's path is so different and that sounds so cliche, but I had to remind myself that a couple of times. Cause I, I'm, a, I was such a big, I was so big on the comparison game, especially in my early twenties. And, um, you have to remind yourself that you, your path needs to be carved by you and only you, you know? So Absolutely. And that's really, really great advice. I mean, those are truly words of wisdom right there. You know, I, and for everyone listening, like if you're a young professional, like really take heed to what um, Angela just said, because that's true, especially in the world of social media, like this idea of like comparing ourselves and like, oh, so-and-so is more ahead of me and all this, you know, it really, it, it's a huge problem I've noticed these days. So, you know, that's, that's very important. Now I want to know, um, Angela, in terms of like, you know, when you moved into the beauty side, you know, you you mentioned you had started off with like a local newspaper. Um, what were some of the things that you really um, were excited to report on, you know, like, or even now, you know, when you look back on your whole journey or even looking forward, like what are some of your most favorite types of pieces to write about or to feature? Um, that's so funny. I think I was, it was kind of a whole new world for me. I think that's why, um, I, I picked it up with such vigor and enthusiasm because, um, I, I realized how little I knew, um, about the beauty world. I think I grew up, um, with, uh, this naturally beautiful Mexican mother who had a very minimal like beauty routine. So I grew up with like moisturizer foundation, um, brush your hair every day and, you know, <laughs> like go forth. Um, and so I think coming in and becoming, you know, an editor and a reporter, um, I just realized the complexities of beauty and how much, um, there is to explore. I love, I'm a makeup girl. Um, yeah. so I do love, I love a lipstick. I love a good fun look. So I kind of like, exploring just the more adventurous side of beauty and the people that are sort of, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, like disruptors and <laughs> doing interesting things. Um, 
I also, uh, I love the skincare aspect, especially as I enter my thirties. Um, and I, even in my twenties, as I was, um, getting into, I didn't wear sunscreen every day. I, I will be the first to admit in my twenties, I was not good with the sunscreen. And as soon as I started working for a skincare mag, that was the first thing that sort of, um, that shifted immediately. I was just taking home bottles and bottles of sunscreen, um, and exploring just how my skin changes. And, you know, like the skin of your twenties is not the skin of your thirties or forties and fifties. And so I, I really learned about the importance of upkeep and the importance of just hydrating, moisturizing and using retinol. And, um, it really was a whole new world for me, you know? Uh, yeah, no, I think that's so important what you just said too about the, you know, being in our 20s because I was the same. I'm not going to lie. I didn't wear SPF at all till I really learned about like science and medicine. So I hear you there. I mean, it's it's something that I think I'm happy to see now that consumers are at least getting on that you know, bandwagon of realizing like, no matter what you do with your skincare, please, please wear SPF. Okay. <laughs> that's the bare minimum that you can do. And, but, you know, I, I think that's really interesting that you kind of learned on your own. And that's really for me, um, you know, when I look at just beauty in general, as a consumer, you know, I always wonder about like all of our journeys, right. In the beauty, like area personally, because, you know, we self-discover a lot. And I think that's where I think beauty editorial for me has such a, it has such a, uh, you know, important space in my heart because I remember being younger and like kind of learning through these little tips and tricks that I would read in like Cosmo or, you know, just, you know, the magazines, like I always say, like I'm a magazine girl. And that's really the reason for that is really what you just said here, which is this idea of like you self-discovered, you know, you learned from your experience and your job and, and then, you know, to be able to like, then share that with the world. I think that's such a huge service, you know, to consumers. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I want to ask you now, because honestly, since we're talking about beauty and skincare, there are so many brands, right? I mean, you know better than I do. There's just, it, I feel like there's a brand literally every day that comes up and they're all beautiful. I'm not going to lie. You know, they've got their marketing on point. They've got a lot of things on point. So as an editor, I mean, I'm sure you get like thousands of products a day across your desk. How do you sift through that? You know, how do you sift through all of that and find the next big product? Oh gosh. Um, that's a hard question. I think, um, it is a matter. I, I am a fan of desk sides. I got to tell you, if there is something, um, that crosses my path that feels different or, um, than what I've seen in the past. Um, I, I also am always, to be honest, like very, um, very, uh, my interest is always peaked and always, um, up when I see, you know, uh, when I come across a new emerging brand from, you know, uh, that's founded by like a woman of color. Um, I always want to learn a little bit more. Um, so I'm always down for a desk side to like learn a little bit about a product if it's 10, 15 minutes just to see what's going on. And um, because I do think that research and education is key. Also, I mean, we have like TikTok and Instagram at our fingertips. And I gotta tell you, TikTok has taught me quite a bit. And I I I have gotten in in recent like years, I feel like that's been sort of a source for me too to see, you know, what the what the young kids are are using these days. Um, and I I definitely check that out. I do think social media and with all of its, you know, issues also can be a goldmine of 
um, emerging brands if if you pay attention. Um, so yeah, I also am surrounded by very uh, talented beauty editors who I talk to and tap on the daily. Who uh, we we're, we're a very collaborative talky team. We talk all day long, and um, we'll float around ideas and stuff too, and um, forward emails and forward press releases and ask you know uh, talk to each other about um, what's coming across our desk. So um, that's always something that um, is helpful as well. Absolutely. I can imagine that. And I know that, you know, a lot goes into it from the editorial side, as far as like deciding on products and testing them. I love that you said, you know, the, the part about like, you know, really um, looking at brands that come out from like, I guess you could say niche groups, you know, like women of color or people who are just kind of, you know, new in the beauty space, as far as representation goes. I think that's a really, really um, important thing to like, for all of us to kind of learn from, you know, even as consumers, like if you see a line come out, you know, and it's some by somebody who, you know, is like, representing a group that's kind of underrepresented like I think it's our due diligence to at least look at it you know and see like what's new here you know I'm not saying that every brand's going to be amazing but that's really cool that you brought that up because I think that's something that even consumers can learn from you know is this idea of exploration and being open-minded and just trying you know just try things out so that's really yeah so I want to actually know you know honestly more about your like just I guess um in terms of like some of the pieces that you've written that really for you were were huge for your career or maybe even on a personal note just your favorites you know I would love to talk about uh, anything that comes to your mind um or pops out as a feature that you did or a piece that you wrote that was something that you did a lot of research on or you know just something uh that stands out in your in your memory um, oh my gosh, how much time do you have? Um, let me see. I think I the first, very first piece, and my mom actually still has this newspaper with like the front. It was like the the it was like the the front page story. It was my um, first big interview with George Schaefer of OPI. It was you know before he you know. It, it was a while ago when he was still very much involved with the company, but he took me on like a three hour tour of. Uh, the factory. And um, I ended up doing like this front page. I was, I was a year into my career. So it was very exciting for me with like this very, you know, top level beauty leader. And um, so that was, so I got to just run around the OPI factory, see how, you know, the, the products were made and, and just, it was, it was a lot of fun. I will always remember that day. Um, And the story that came out of it, I was really proud of. And, um, so that was like one of my first big ones as like an actual professional reporter. Um, but these days I feel like I'm doing so much fun, important things with the Zoe report. Um, I think we, we, we are really building out our wellness vertical. Cause as you know, that is definitely obviously an extension of beauty is just, um, overall wellness. And, um, that's, uh, a sector that I'm really digging into. And we did uh, a larger package um, issue uh, last year, last summer, and it was um, called Vias for Vagina. <laughs> and we wanted to change the conversation around sexual health and um, how we talk about it and sort of remove the stigma. So we did about seven to eight um, pieces of content 
just um, like brand profiles, deep dive features, like um, shopping um, stories just around products that are targeted to, you know, sexual health and yep. the vagina. And you know, kind of just really breaking up. We were trying to just break open those doors and just like, let's just call it what it is and talk about it. And to this day, I'm so proud of that. I look back on that, that hub page. I'll look back on that content. I was checking it out the other day and I was like, this came out so beautiful. And we had such great writers and such great sources. And it was so uh, well executed. And I will always, that will always be a little feather in my cap, I think. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that you brought that up as like, you know, I feel like now it's more than ever, especially with brands like Womanist, you know, Womanist is doing so great. I'm sure you've heard of them. And like, you know, I see them, they come to my email box too a lot. And I'm always like, yes, you know, the more brands, the better for, you know, in terms of like women's health and like destigmatizing this area. So I love that you, um, you know, you really wrote about that and you really put that together and were a leader in that because I think, you know, you can, we can never talk about this topic enough, in my opinion. I mean, women have been like dealing with this problem of being behind, you know, closed doors in terms of our, of our like reproductive health, our everyday health when it comes to, you know, vulva or vaginal health. So that's, that's huge. That's a really cool topic. I love that. Also one more, I, this is very just, uh, I, I don't know. This is just a more like a personal victory of mine, <laughs> but I did, uh, I interviewed Rihanna and it was a huge coup for me. I was, I it was all last minute, but I will always, always remember that day. And it actually, it was just like this quick 10 minute interview with her. And it was right before she gave birth and we took several epic selfies. And I think that will always be a highlight of my career. And I love that it was like this year, it was like at the age of 36 that I had this like very big moment with Rihanna. But I think those, you do have these pinch me moments where you're like, I get to do this. Like, this is so fun. You know, these little moments that I get to have and these cool celebrity interviews. Um, I don't know. I just, it was one of those moments where I was like, like, you know, the teenage me would be like, that is so cool. <laughs> the the me is like, that's right? so cool. <laughs> I know. That's cool. I mean, Rihanna literally got me, no joke between you and me, and I guess everyone listening, Rihanna got me through med school. I'm not even going to lie. She got her music got me through so much stuff. I think a lot of us can relate to that statement, but I remember being in like, you know, science heavy classes. It was like, you know, really bad semesters. And I would just like blast her music. And I kid you not, people would walk by my like, because we had like kind of like dorms, you know, even at that stage. And people would walk by and be like, what is your obsession with Rihanna Ecta? Like what? <laughs> so I think that's, that's amazing. That's congratulations. That's such a cool, uh, cool thing to have, you know, under your belt and a cool memory to always have. Totally. I think she's been a hero to, to all of us. I think we all feel like we like grew up with her and just that she's sort of the voice for so many. So I just, I love her. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, you know, and I, that actually leads me to ask you, um, because, you know, obviously, you know, Rihanna has one of the most iconic uh, beauty brands ever made. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, in the history of time, I feel like, and I want to ask you about the beauty side, because you did mention that you love, um, you know, makeup and, and all that. So like when you are looking at makeup brands, like what do you see right now as like the trendy thing or, you know, how do you keep up with the trends? Actually, that's more, more so my question. How do you keep up with all of this? Cause 
because I feel like every time I open TikTok and there's a lot, I'm seeing like 15 new trends. I mean, just the other day I was telling somebody like, I think purple blush was a thing like two weeks ago and now it's like pink blush. I don't get it. <laughs> so how is all of that, you know, keeping up with that and, and really kind of staying on top of it? Here's the thing is that I don't know that there's a way to keep up with it because I don't even know if you would call them trends anymore. I yeah. think it's just a cycle um, hmm. that we're seeing. That's like a rapid cycle of, you know, looks that people are trying um, and just really having fun with. I think right now it's I, I, I we've done several stories and features, too, on just like the end of the trend, you know, the trending look, because I think everyone is just really embracing what they love. And we're seeing that sort of manifest on TikTok and, and on Instagram and people just having so much fun with their makeup and their looks. So I don't know that there's like specific trends anymore. Um, but yeah. I do think this is an era of experimentation. I do think what we are seeing is um, just, and I'm glad I think that it's a slow moving vehicle, but I do think that there is definitely a pivot to more inclusivity. I think that is um, no longer, you know, an option. I think people are just really, um, you know, making that a priority um, and making sure that their, their product is for everybody, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely makes sense. And, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, when, when I think of trends, it's like, I feel like the 90s was the time of trends in the early 2000s. And now that I think about it, and that's a really, really good point you brought up because I remember like, you know, just the other day I was talking to somebody about TLC. I don't even know how this came up in conversation, but I was like, TLC were trendsetters for me, you know, in high school. Like I remember thinking like, oh, you know, this brand is, or, or this group is like, you know, they just, they made you think differently. And when I think of trends, I think of like life-changing kind of like things where you see something and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to start doing it this way. And now I feel like it's really what you said, which is the cycle, because it's like, how many different blush colors can I really have? And does it matter? You know? <laughs> like, so yeah, it, it, I can definitely see it being a cycle more than anything. That's, that's interesting. I will say, though, that said, I agree. I, I mean, totally. But I, I will say, if anything, I think Y2K, the Y2K resurgence is probably the most prominent and closest thing that we can say um, in terms of like beauty trends. Um, but again, I'm just like, I, I feel like there's also just like this sort of like 70s wave that we're seeing as well. And like, um, a nine, like the nineties trends, like the super thin, like eyebrows are coming back. And I just think it's anyone's game, right? Like, I yep. think everyone's just kind of doing them. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, you know, and, and on that note, I think that's definitely a testament to how like body positivity is coming like full circle. I feel like too, at this point, because of that, what you just said, like people just doing them, finding what's right for them, you know, and just rolling with it. I think that's, you know, I, I hope at least that this is how it continues because, you know, I all, always see brands that are like, well, we want you to, you know, we want people to feel more beautiful or whatever. And I always think to myself, well, then teach them how to make themselves feel beautiful. You know, it's, it's not about fitting into a box. It's more about finding the right products or finding the right person. I mean, whatever it is for you, but promoting that message, right. More than anything else. 
Um, and I think that's where editorial for me, again, you know, it's, it's a huge component of that. You know, a lot of times nowadays, especially um, with the digital age with editorial, um, you know, I noticed that a lot of writers and journalists are writing just they're being more candid almost, I feel like, when it comes to their writing. I don't know if you agree or not. I mean, you're definitely the expert here. But when I was growing up, you know, reading a piece in Cosmo, it was great, but it was more so about just reporting like, well, this is what we heard from a celebrity or this is what we heard about you know so and so but now it's like I see the opinion side really coming in more strongly and so I want to actually ask you about that as well as like what what's your you know what's your take on that am I am I correct in my analysis or has that always been there um say that again in that uh yeah like you know how like editorial now like because everyone's like digital it's like right. I feel articles are coming out more rapidly like mm -hmm. editors are being I think more candid and like transparent like with their reporting in the sense of like you really get an idea of like what they think rather than just like for example back in 2002 I would get like a print magazine right and it would be like okay here are the tips for the best red lipsticks but now it's like I'll see an editor write about red lipstick and it's like well this is why I like it and this is where I would wear it and why I would wear it and so that like almost like this hybrid between like being an influencer and also being like a real good journalist you know I feel like that's being more like that's more what I see in editorial now than I than what I saw growing up and that's what I wanted your opinion on is do I, do you think the same or do you think I'm right in that analysis or am I just hallucinating <laughs> oh no no I think you are right on I think two consumers are, are, are getting smarter um Whereas it's not so much of a celebrity, it still is to an extent, but it's not so much of a celebrity driven um, or, you know, uh, type of thing where it's like you would see, you know, a Britney Spears wearing something back in, you know, 2000 and you would everyone like, 50, you know, 55 million people would go out and buy the exact same, you know, lip gloss or whatever. Um, right. I do think now consumers are smarter and want things with results um, and are being uh, like, are, are, I would think are being a little bit more careful with where they're spending their money and want. Um, so I think that's where um, our jobs come in. And um, I do think people are being much more candid and honest about their own sort of uh, like, you know, personal beauty uh, journeys. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Whereas before, I don't know if it was, I guess it was maybe I could be wrong. I just think there's just much more honest conversation about, um, about, you know, skincare issues and acne and, um, and aging and on all of this, all of even like menopause and things like that. People are just having such more open conversation. And with that, I think the beauty industry, uh, our communication about it is, is much more honest. So, um, and I think it's also so important now, we're not afraid to say this is working for me, but it may not work for this skin type. You know, this yeah. is working for me, but it may not work for, you know, a, a person with this type of hair, you know, I don't know. Like, um, I think it's really, I, I, I do think the conversation is much more open and honest. I think you're right. And I do think that that's also our responsibility <laughs> to make it more honest. Yeah. You know? That's very, that's a solid point. And, you know, I, I love what you said about the, you know, the idea of like why something works, because back then it was like, you know, you didn't know what 
what was really being used by celebrities like let's talk about skincare right I mean I interview brands now where I'm like oh my gosh like now I know why so-and-so celebrity has such phenomenal skin because they've been going to this dermatologist or they've been like you know using these products which back then it was like unheard of to really get the secrets of like what is the weapon and like you know because there are so many things being put so I really love the editorial has like evolved in that way you know and they've and we've come to this point because now I mean even brands it's not just editorial I think brands are being more transparent too because they're realizing there's a you know there's profitability in being honest about what such and such celebrity is doing and if they're buying your brand you know let us know so that we understand you know that this is where the real results are coming from so I think I think that's a huge you know positive change in 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 the direction of journalism around beauty and wellness and stuff Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually want to ask you a much more lighter question. I want to get your favorites because, you know, one thing I love to do on my editorial interviews is really get your, um, what's in your makeup bag or your skincare bag? You know, what are some products you're loving right now? Um, if you could share with us. Of course. Um, so quick, quick thing. I just got back from this super epic trip to Israel, which was magical on multiple levels, but it also just, uh, I, I walked away with um, a couple gems from uh, this Israeli uh, skincare brand uh, called Ahava. And I, I, I shamefully had never heard of it. And I got to sort of um, run around their store and pick up a few things. And I just um, am obsessed with this serum. You have to try it. I'm going to tell everybody about it. It's called the Dead Sea Crystal Osmotor serum it is I, I use it twice a day I slather it on it is magical I got it for my mother like it is just magic everyone needs to try it I am such a fan um and yeah, it's, it's, it's created with, yeah and it's created like basically with the minerals from the Dead Sea and it's just it's a magic maker I love it wow um what else? I'm a big drunk elephant fan so right now I'm obviously a big uh I'm a retinol girl. So I love their, um, a glowy, their retinol oil that I'm loving so much. I use that every day. Um, and then what else am I using? I mean, yeah, that's funny that I actually, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's, that's no. so, I'm glad you brought up drunk elephant because I just want to put this on air for everyone listening. I love drunk elephant. I don't know what all the hype was like a few years ago or a year ago about drunk elephant and all the, all the bad rep they were getting but I've mm-hmm. never had a bad uh experience with their products ever like it's always good like I've always had great like you know experiences and stuff with drunk elephants like whether it's their cleansing balm or their anything so I love that I'm I'm really glad I, I need to try that by the way what you mentioned yeah. I haven't and and look I do think I don't use all of their products I do think that there are some that work on my skin better than others because my skin is different from others you know like um but I do, there are a few little gems of theirs that I always will turn to. Um, their luxury face oil is also another one that I really enjoy. Um, so I'm a big fan. Um, another thing that I'm using, you will always find one of these in my bag, like rolling around is the Benetint, like the chip, the cheek and lip stain. Um, I, cannot get enough like no joke that is my most favorite thing if I put anything on during the day I don't really do a lot of makeup um during the days because I work from home and so I usually keep it pretty minimal but that I will put on at all times I just love it so much um 
Wait, what is it? It's called Benetint? It's the Benefit Benetint. Um, oh. Have you seen the lip and cheek stain? Oh, no, I have not. I need Try to- it immediately. It's such, I'm such a fan of like multitaskers too, because I, I, I need things streamlined. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to try. I love Benefit by the way. Oh my God. I love yeah. everything. Yeah. That's so good. It's so good. I just fully, I, I recommend to anyone and everyone. It's such a, it's such a great product. That's so cool. I have to check that out. Yeah. I haven't seen that. No, but Benefit always makes like the best, like, like multi-use products. I feel like they're so good with that. Oh, That's they're so, so good. So um, what else? What else? Um, I don't know. I, you didn't ask. I mean, I don't know if I can mention a hair product. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know if you're a fan, if you know, um, Ceremonia, it was, it's Baba Rivera's, uh, brand and it's all like this all natural, like Latin X owned brand. And it's just fantastic. They have an oil called, um, Aceita de Mosca and it is fantastic. I use it um like once a week I wash my hair once a week because I have like very thick coarse hair and so I I use it as part of like my my wash day and I just kind of like use it as like a little mini mask before I shampoo it is that that oil will change your life it will literally change like your hair growth the like the shine the look the texture everything of your hair it is just fantastic I I literally tell everyone I try to get into everybody's hands (laughs) I love it so much another one I have to try like that's and I'm the same way by the way with washing hair I have the same problem I have Indian hair and it's like super thick so like I have to be careful that's so cool I have to check that out too oh my gosh you have to and all of their products are great anytime they have a new launch I'm like I want to try it (laughs) I need it all send it over Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, what about, um, like, what about skincare though? Like in terms of like, um, is there like a favorite cleanser you have right now? I feel like cleanser is like coming back. Am I, I don't know if I'm hallucinating, but I feel like every brand is relaunching cleansers right now. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Like, what is, what is the tea with cleansers? I mean, it's, it's just for me, I, I don't get it. I know I do. I, I, I don't know. I do think too, maybe it's because we're all like out of the house now. <laughs> we all need to just watch our faces more. <laughs> um, I have no idea, but, um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this product, but I do enjoy it. Cause I'm actually a double cleanse girl. I'm a big believer in double cleansing. Um, so I'll always, I just like a very squeaky clean face. Just I probably because of my like my old, my, my battles with acne in my twenties, I had like really oily skin. So I always just want this like very shiny, clean face. Um, but, uh, this brand that's based out here on the West coast called the route, they launched a couple years ago. Um, and they create like medical grade, uh, skincare and they're fantastic. And I think they actually, I think it is available. So they just launched their triple cleanse cleanser, which basically eliminates the need for a second, um, for two, two cleansing, two cleansers. So I really enjoy it because it starts off like as an oil and then it kind of works into almost like a foam and it just like washes off. It just really like gets you really squeaky clean. Um, and I'm obsessed because again, I'm 36 and I need things streamlined. <laughs> like I need things simplified. So I love that it kind of makes my life um, a little bit easier and it really just gets everything off. Like nothing um, drives me more crazy than after I wash my face, like and drying it with the towel and seeing makeup still on the towel, like nothing. Oh my God, don't, I mean, <laughs> 
I hate it too. And I'm the same way you are, by the way. Love it. And the triple cleanse thing, it's so funny you brought that up because literally like a week ago, I did a a reel on my personal Instagram about triple cleansing because everyone's like, oh, double cleanse this, double cleanse. I'm like, no, I triple cleanse. Like I have to make sure that everything, like you said, the makeup, the SPF, everything, like the, I hate that residue. Like I can't stand res- any sort of like skincare or any kind of residue on my face so I hear you there totally hear you I have to check that out too oh my god you're giving me like a list like I'm gonna go online today after this interview and buy all of the stuff <laughs> that's crazy um totally and I I love this brand too just because it's uh it's created by like an esthetician you know like somebody that's like basically you know knows all her stuff and um actually no I'm so sorry she's a nurse. She's a nurse. She was a nurse practitioner. And she's actually like, uh, I forgive me. She's not even an esthetician. She's, she's like a full nurse. So she, it's all medical grade. Um, and she's fantastic. And that team is fantastic. And I just love the route. Um, but I also am big into devices. So I also love like my new face. I do use my new face. I am every day. <laughs> because yeah. I just I need to get just to, it also just makes me feel better it's almost like my se- my self-care ritual um yeah like calming it calms yeah. me I hear you there yeah it just is like something that I get to do for myself but I do notice a difference my skin just always looks a little bit more taut a little bit more lifted um and it just kind of gets the circulation going in my skin so I will sing the praises of new face all day long yeah, no, I'm the same. I absolutely love everything about that brand. Like, I feel like they're just like never gonna, there's never gonna be another new face. Like, let me just say it like that. Like, it's just they revolutionized this idea of like, you know, using devices on our faces because I, like, I was a huge skeptic. I'm not gonna lie. And then I tried new face and I tried the whole range. Like, you know how they have like a body sculptor too? Like, they've got the whole thing. Like, it's like for body, like new face for your body. And I was like, yeah. when I saw, Yes, please. If I could put myself in a life-size new face, I would do it. Like <laughs> Same. I would, I would do, I would new face my entire body. I would do it all. <laughs> I, love that. I love, I love all the products, Angela. Thank you so much for sharing. Cause you know, it's really like the insider tips and that's what I always look for is like, you know, what are editors using and you know, what are you guys really loving? Because you guys see so many products, you know, and I can't imagine how hard that must be to sift through all of that stuff. So, um, you know, thank you so much for that. Of course. Um, well, I want to, I want to round out the episode, Angela, I want to get your advice, you know, and I think this is for me, it's really important for me to do this because every single week I have some young professional reaching out, you know, cause I'm not gonna lie, you know, skincare anarchy when I started it, I was lucky enough and, you know, to be like hosting editors, you know, I, and a lot of them were very kind to be the first ones to come on the show, you know, just like yourself. And, and I think it's important for us to share your advice for all of these young professionals out there that they want to go into editorial. I know it's competitive. I know it's cutthroat, but I would love for you to share some words of wisdom for all of our listeners that are interested in this route for their career. If you could. Um, sure. I think, and I think we, we touched on it um, earlier the you know importance of I always say this and it sounds crass but it's actually just like words that I live by when it comes to my career but I feel like it's so important to kind of be a pain in the ass you know when it comes to your career when it comes to a job that you're applying for um it's you know don't disregard the follow-up like always follow up um several times because 
I always, this is, especially with editorial, it's such a competitive uh, field. There's always going to be somebody that does what you do. Um, and they, they may even do it better than you. And there's always going to be somebody that's do that. That's, you know, at, you know, that's, that does exactly what you do and does it at the, the level of skill that you do. But I do think that we bring, what we can bring is an enthusiasm and a, and a passion for yeah. what we do and a genuine, uh, you know, thirst to grow and learn. And, um, I think that especially now is like, I'm hiring people and I'm sort of on the hiring side in my, in my career. Now, I feel like that's the thing that stands out to me is somebody that is so genuinely excited about the job, because that's actually harder to come by these days is to find <laughs> somebody that is just so revved up about what they do and about learning and about growing in, you know, in a role, you know, because talent is not hard to find. I think it's hard to find, uh, like, you know, just really optimistic and hardworking people, I think. Yeah. The energy, the energy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's um, I, so, yeah, I think that's that. And that applies to so many careers too. You are so spot on with that. And I love that you said that. And I hope everyone listening, if you are, you know, in that category and you you're looking for, you know, your break in the editorial, we're definitely, you know, take these words to heart. You know, you're, you're learning from the experts here and Angela knows what she's talking about, obviously with such an amazing career. And I hope, you know, my hope is always that, you know, this podcast in some way, like we can, I can get these kind of these kind of words and this advice from professionals like you Angela to to all the young young uh professionals out there because I know that right now with the way colleges are and the way careers are you know are changing it's really hard to get real advice you know I mean I I've said this before on my podcast that when I was even in in my field like of medicine it was so hard to find people that would give me real advice you know like just like keep it straight with me like tell me what I need to do so I really appreciate you sharing that thank you so much sure um I think another thing too sorry can I add to that yeah (laughs) and I think this is something that was is still like an ongoing lesson that I'm dealing with is allow yourself to be human you know I think we we so strive for perfection so often Um, especially when you're like early on in your career, you just want everything to go perfect and you want to do things so perfectly. And that's just not attainable. And I think it's okay. And it's important to make mistakes and it's important to learn from them. And it's okay to give yourself a little like love, you know, (laughs) through it and be, be, be soft with yourself through it. You know, don't be too hard on yourself. I think that was something I learned, um, it was such a struggle for me. I was so, I still am very hard on myself and I'm really honest about it. Um, I'm my worst critic. If I make one mistake, you know, you feel like it's, it defines your entire career and that's just not the case. And I think it's so important to just learn from, from, you know, the things that you do great and learn from the things that you, you don't do so great and be okay either way. And just, um, just keep, keep it moving. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. That really touched my heart. No, seriously. That's, that's really true because you know, I'm, I think a lot of women are like that, especially to what you just said. We're so hard on ourselves and especially with like careers, I can definitely see that. So yeah, definitely, definitely very wise advice. And, you know, I think self-care, right? I mean, you said it, self-love, self-care, we can't get enough of that. You know, the more calm and relaxed we are, the better we do. At least that's what I've noticed. (laughs) So yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you for that. And everyone listening, I hope you loved this episode and I hope you learned um, from Angela and just all the amazing information she shared. If you have any questions for her team, don't hesitate to reach out to us. I'll definitely pass it along. I know she's super busy, but um, you know, definitely I will, I will give her you know, an email if you have any questions and let us know what you think of the episode. And definitely don't forget to subscribe and rate us, please, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Um, It really helps us a lot. But Angela, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back anytime that your schedule allows. I know it's super crazy for you in terms of times and stuff, but if you ever have the time, I would love, love to have you back. Oh no, this was my, this was an honor. So thank you so much. I will come back whenever you want. You just, uh, you, you have my info. You just let me know. I will, I will, I will drop it all for you. <laughs> I will come back whenever you want. Well, you guys heard it. If you have any questions, let me know. <laughs> up on. So uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and I will be back next time. Thank you.